How's it? Good morning. Can I have everybody else stand up? We're going to say hello to everybody today. God bless y'all. God bless all the campuses. Let's say hi to all the campuses out there and everybody around the world. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Military. Uh, if you are a visitor, my name is Miles. I'm the pastor of The Rock. Welcome to church. Uh, we have seven campuses out there all over this county. We encourage you if you have family and friends around San Diego, go online and watch and find out if there's a campus near their house and they can go check it out. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready for church today? Okay, okay. I want to read something to you. Read something to you. Then we're going to pray. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to talk about Abraham today. Everyone say Abraham. Uh, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God. Everyone say believe God. Say believe God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. We are called to not do good works that God would say, God, look at what good thing I did. We are called to believe God. And if we believe God and trust God, then that will lead us to do something. But we did it because of faith. Can I get amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray that you challenge us to trust you in something. Not to get good information, but to trust you in something that would lead to the gospel going forward through our life, in our life, that would lead to us being more like Jesus. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Look at the person next to you and say, you need to be more like Jesus. Okay, before I start, can I ask all y'all to grab this green pamphlet? It's in your bulletin. It says all in on the front. All in on the front. Uh, Every year we have a special offering, um, and it serves two purposes. One is to fund things over and above our operations, which is paid for by tithes. Uh, people's regular giving, and then also to encourage you, especially people who are new, saying, I need to start tithing, uh, which is a 10% of what God has given you back to him. Uh, And there are many teachings on what that's for, but one of them is to also to remind him, or actually remind us whose it belongs to, and to also nurture a a heart that is generous. Uh, But uh, this pamphlet will give you an idea if you open up to where the black flap is on the right side. And these are some of the things that the money goes to uh, top right. It says local outreach, Toys for Joy, which we just talked about. By the way, Toys for Joy costs about $400,000. We service over 20,000 people around San Diego County with food, clothes, toys. You saw the video. And over the last month, we've been collecting information from you Um, on a um, listening device called Express Feedback where you were given comments on different services, restaurants, hotels, cars. And for every piece of comment that you gave, we got $2 to buy a toy. And our goal was $100,000 and we raised $101,000. Can I get amen? Come on now. 
We have 50,000 uh, pieces of information or 3,200 people participated. So I want to thank you for that. And all you did was give your information. That $101,000 will buy 14,000 toys. All of it's going to go to those toys. So praise God. And so, uh, but, but again, um, Toys for Joy is one of those things. We also would love to buy a, uh, uh, get a building, a 10,000 square foot building. If anyone has one laying around, we, we can use it. Um, and what we're going to do with that building is we're going to collect goods from places like Target, Costco, uh, Kmart, et cetera, and then funnel it through that building to the community for free. And so if you have that building, we call it a dream center. I uh, want to help people in need on a bigger scale. Um, global outreach, you just saw the video, a guy, how a guy turned ducks into an orphanage. We'll talk a little bit about that later. That was awesome. Uh, digital evangelism, we have about 1,000 people saved every day online. Want to continue to expand that, get a new building for our San Ysidro campus. These are the kinds of things that the offering next week will go to. Next week we will take the offering at the end together. We'll have a special moment where all the campuses together will take the offering together. So we appreciate you praying about that. And if you turn to the back... It says my all in giving. Again, some of you may decide I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to start giving 10%. As I get it, I'm going to give it out to God. I'm going to honor God and I'm going to give it to him first because um, God cannot be second. I've been tithing since I got saved in 1984. God does not disappoint. He blesses. It's going to nurture also a generous heart. Um, And then you may say I'm going to give over and above that. And so next week we'll fill this out. So I want to encourage you to be praying about that for next week's offering, and our goal is $3.5 million, which is not a whole lot for us, but we're going to start there and go from there because we have a lot of things we can do. Um, there's the vision and the need for the gospel is this big. And so there's always something to do, and we have more ideas than we can pay for. So whatever we get, we will do. Amen? Amen. Let's get on our knees and pray. Let's get on our knees and pray. Get this party started. Oh, Lord, I got to get on my knees. <laughs> Why is this brother going to do this to me? I don't want to come and be uncomfortable. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for being uncomfortable. Lord, we just love you. We thank you. And pray you encourage us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, you can get up. Tell the person next to you, thank you, that was short. <laughs> How many of y'all want to be challenged today? How many of y'all want to be challenged today? Come on now. <laughs> How many of y'all don't want to be challenged today? You came to the wrong place. You came to the wrong place. <laughs> Let's see your Bibles on the count of three. One, two, three, say word. One more time, say word. Turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, first, first book of the Bible. Very first book of the Bible, Genesis 22. Genesis 22. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a minute. So tell me, say amen if you got to Genesis 22. <laughs> say amen if you're still looking. It's the first book of the Bible. <laughs> right in the beginning. <laughs> okay, I want you to raise your hand if... You would love for God to pray his blessing and favor on your life. Raise your hands. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. And when I say blessing, God wants to enhance your wisdom. He wants to open up business deals for you. The Bible says he gives you the power to create wealth. He doesn't necessarily want you to be wealthy. He wants you to be a conduit of his wealth to the world so the gospel can go out. Can I get amen? 
He wants to bless your relationships where you get along and you can reconcile in your differences. He wants to open up opportunities for you. That's why I mean by blessed in favor. So if you want God to say, I want to pray a blessing, of, a blessing in favor in your life, raise your hand one more time and keep your hand up. Say, I want to be blessed and favored by God. Very good. You can close your hand, raise your, put your hands down. Now, I want to talk to you today about how to get blessed and favored using fear. The title of my sermon is called Blessed and Favored. And I want to talk to you about how you can use fear to be blessed and favored. Okay. Now, last week, two weeks ago, we started a series called The Testimony. And the Testimony series was about the fact that whenever you give something to God, these are the things that you give to God, whether it be your money, your time, um, you give, or you give an encouragement to somebody else, or you do something for somebody else. Every time you do a good deed in the kingdom, what gets recorded in heaven is not necessarily what you did, but the motivation attached to it. Sometimes you do it because you're being generous towards the poor. Sometimes you do it because you're cheerful. Imagine if every time we took the offering, we cheered. Let's practice. Hey, we're going to take the offering. Let's cheer. And, and, and so what gets logged in heaven is not necessarily the money you gave because you can give the money for a bad reason. What gets cheered and what gets logged in heaven is the motivation attached to your giving. And so today we're going to talk about when fear, the fear of God and the respect of God, and we'll talk about what that more is in a minute, when the fear of God is attached to your giving, and whatever is attached to your giving, God responds to that. So if, the fear, if you give by faith, God responds by creating you righteous. That's what Abraham, Abraham gave by faith. And, and, and one of the titles of Abraham is the father of faith. If you give cheerfully, God will bless you bountifully. How many of you want to be blessed bountifully? Then be happy when you give because you know that God's going to respond to you. It's not a loss. It's an investment. And you have to look for it. By the way, anytime the Bible claims to do anything in your life, you should look for it. Hold God to his promise. When you pray, okay, watch what God does. It doesn't mean that what you pray you're going to get because you may say, Lord, I want five Mercedes. Well, you don't need five. You can only drive one at a time. And and, and you're praying that as you're just riding the bus. You don't even have a job. So you like, God, give me five Mercedes. He says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a job application. <laughs> so it's not that you're getting what you want. God's responding to you. So today we're going to talk about when you, when you give something and you attach to it the fear of God, you are blessed and favored. When you attach to it the fear of God. So in this story, Abraham is... Uh, uh, going to be asked to give something. Now, I'll give you context. In Genesis chapter 12, 10 chapters before where we're going to read today, God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you. He says, I want you to leave your father's land, everything you know, and go to a place I will show you, a place you've never been. And I'm not going to tell you how we're going to get there, and I'm not going to tell you where we're going. I just want you to start walking. That took faith. You cannot please God without faith. If you're ever going to do something for God, you can't do it without faith. You, in other words, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You're going to have to step into something unknown. 
to please God. And you're going to have to step into something unknown to be blessed by God, to receive what God has for you, to receive his favor, his, 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 his bountiful gifts to you. And by the way, God loves you. He wants to bless you because you are his child. And if you're not his child and you're mad at him, guess what? He loves you anyway and he wants to have you be his child. He wants to bless you. So you should want to be blessed by God. And by the way, when God blesses you, it's not so you just have stuff. It's so you could be a conduit to blessing to someone else. So it's not about gimme, 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 gimme. It's about, Lord, use me, use me, use me. And in the process, it feels good. How many of y'all have helped somebody and it felt so much better than, the, the, thank, thank you, you were used by God. So when I say blessed, God wants to bountifully open up blessings, opportunities, riches, um, things. So you can be a blessing to someone else and in the process enjoy what he has for you to enjoy. So God's going to tell Abraham, Abraham, you're going to be blessed. In other words, Abraham, I'm going to bless your descendants and through your descendants, the whole world's going to be blessed. So we know that Abraham had a son, they had a son, the Jews came from Abraham and from the Jews came Jesus and the whole world's blessed. So that's the biggest story. So God tells Abraham, you're going to be blessed. So he leaves his father's land and goes, to, goes on his long journey and gets to the promised land eventually through his descendants. But... Then he says, um, I'm going to give you a son. Well, Abraham's wife can't have babies. So there's no way he's going to have descendants without a son. So his wife says, I can't have a baby. Why don't you have a baby with my aid? And Abraham goes, oh, really? Okay. And then he goes to have his wife with a baby. True story. So he goes, Hagar, you know, hey, you know my Sarah says, cool. You know, and 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 and. and I would never do that. I can't imagine how a guy would do that. But anyway, so he has Ishmael from his wife's maid. And God says, that's not what I had in mind. You're going to have a baby with your wife. But his wife can't have babies. So when his wife's like 90 and Abraham's like 100, or they could be 89 and 90, but they were, they were 190 when the son was born. They, and they came and said, he said, your wife is going to have a baby in nine months. Now, Sarah is like 90. She's like on the cane going, she's hearing the angel say this outside the tent. <laughs> that brother's out of his mind. <laughs> Abraham, Abraham is old and crusty. I'm old and crusty. That ain't going to happen. And, and, and the Lord says, I hear her in there laughing. Anyway, she gets pregnant. Boom. <laughs> He's a hunter. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. His son starts to grow up, and, and this is through which the blessing is going to come. How many of y'all want to be blessed in favor? <laughs> Amen. So here's what happens in our life. When we, we have this idea of what blessed and favored means to us, we're, we're all working for our version of being blessed and favored. For us money, being happy, for having things, having freedom, going on vacations, whatever. We have our mind, and we hijack the process from God. And we tell God, this is how I'm going to do it. Well, Abraham, he knew that the only way he could be blessed and favored, the only way that his, he would have descendants would be through his son. His son of promise. The son of promise to his wife, not his wife's maid. Isaac was a son of promise. Well, then he tells Abraham, he says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice him on the altar and give him to me. Now, I want you to think about this. He says, if, if, if I sacrifice my son, how am I going to be blessed? This is, this is when I talk about the fear of God. How many, y'all want to be blessed, but you have to use the fear of God. Out of the fear of God, Abraham trusts God. 
He trusts him. It doesn't make sense, by the way. He said, this don't make sense, but I trust God anyway. And so for him to be blessed and favored, he had to, under the fear of God, take his son and sacrifice him and just let God do what he's going to do. So how many of you all by a show of hands, I'm going to ask you a different question. How many of you by a show of hands, God has asked you to do something that was like, didn't make any sense. And it worked out. Let me try this one more time. God asked you to do something and it didn't make sense and you did it and it worked out. Okay. Some of y'all aren't raising your hand because I, I don't. I'm, I'm either assuming that you don't think that God asked you something crazy, or you didn't do it, so it didn't work out, so you don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that was about. But uh, God asked us to buy this building before this church was one year old. That means if you're in finances, we didn't even have a whole year uh, audit statement. We audit statement every year. We didn't have one year, and we wanted to buy this building. We started going to the bank, and they said we can't give you money. You don't. You're not even a year old. God said, ah, don't worry about that. We'll figure that out. God's going to ask you to do something. He's going to ask you to give up your job. It's not going to make any sense. He's going to ask you to walk away from your boyfriend, your girlfriend that you think is just perfect. It's not going to make any sense. He's going to ask you to give an amount of money that you think, well, I can't give that because how much? It's not going to make any sense. He's going, to, he's going to ask you to leave your job without another job. Now, is that a wise thing to do? No, but, but God's wisdom is above our wisdom, okay. He's going to need you to trust him. And so that's how what walking with God is by faith, just trusting him. And that's how you walk into the unknown to get unknown blessings that you can never imagine or ask or imagine. So, so Abraham says to his son, Isaac, Isaac, we got to go. The morning after God told him to sacrifice his son, he immediately gets up gets the fire, the altar, and his son, and they start walking up the mountain to sacrifice his son. And his son says, hey, dad. He says, what? Uh, where's the sacrifice? Like you have a goat or a little lamb. Man, you know, we got to go back because it ain't me. He says, no, it's you. And you know what his son didn't do? His son didn't run. Trusted his dad. Look at verse 9. It says, chapter 22, then he came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed wood in order. And he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord said to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, can you, does God have to say your name twice to get you to do something or to stop you from doing something? I mean, how many, time, how many times does God have to ask you to pray every day? Read your Bible. Go to church faithfully. Go serve. Get in a D group. We have D group discipleship groups where you can actually have people in your life with whom you could be accountable to learn and grow. How many times does God have to say, hey, you know what, that really would help you? I can't tell you how many people I talk to in this church, other churches that say, hey, can you help me with this? I have this problem. And I ask them, uh, do you read the Bible? Uh, do you pray faithfully? Do you have accountability in your life? Which is why we have D groups. Do you have accountability? Go to our website. Uh, actually, D groups come through relationship, but you can call our office. We can help you get in a D group. Get in our group, which is a fellowship group. But, 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 um, and I ask these people, do you do this? Are you, are you doing the basics? And they say no. And I say, well, I can't help you. I mean, I could just lead you to that. So he, but Abraham is like, Sacrifice my son, let's go. He goes up, puts him on the wood, and he, hey, 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 be easy, fella, back up. 
back away from the child. He says, here I am, verse 12, and this is what he says. Do not lay your hand on this lad and do nothing to him, for now I know. Everyone say, now I know. Three words, say, now I know that you fear me. Now, God knows whether you fear him or not, but do you know whether you fear him or not? You may think you fear him, but you're only going to know is when the rubber meets the road, when he asks you to do something that requires faith. Abraham put his son on the altar, and by the way, this is his son. Right? This box is his son. He said, God, I'm giving my son to you. And God said, because you fear me. I get it. Now I know. And then look what he says. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son. Verse 13. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. Behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. God provided a sacrifice. So Abraham went and took the ram, offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And I'm sure his son helped him do that. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham and said a second time out of heaven. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of the sea, and your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you obeyed me. God wants to pray a blessing on your life because he loves you, but he will only do it on his terms. Now, if you're alive, you are blessed. If you can breathe, you are blessed. But there's more where that came from. Number one, identify your son of promise. Identify your son of promise. For Abraham, it was Isaac. Your son of promise is your perceived mechanism of your blessing. For Isaac, for Abraham, I can't, I can't have descendants without my son. For you, well, one, what is the idea of being blessed to you? Is it having big houses? Is it having, is it having peace? Is it having, is it having financial security? Whatever it is. But in your mind, you think, I have to do X. I have to have a certain amount of money in the bank. I had a person say to me I was, uh, with this couple once. Ten years ago. I never forgot it. They said, unless we have five million in the bank, we don't feel secure. And I was like, yikes. Wow. Everybody has their number. Unless I have a man, I ain't going to feel good. <laughs> got to have a man in my life. I got to have someone telling me I'm cute. I have to have someone holding me. Unless I have a job, I'll never leave a job without another job. That is a wise thing to do. But sometimes God will say, trust me. Trust me. I left my last job to start this job. And this job didn't exist. We created the job. What I mean by that, there was no rock church. We just stepped out and said, we're going to start something. And God was faithful. 
And so sometimes God's going to ask you to do stuff that doesn't make any worldly sense because his wisdom is above our wisdom. Sometimes God's going to call you to give something, whether it be a, a, a thing, a car, a house. Uh, I have a friend who has given away two of his houses. I'm like, yo, man, that's awesome, right? What did God do? He just he provided another house. All right? And so what is your mechanism? That's your son of promise. That's the thing that you are trusting in. Every year we go on a fast and we stop eating for 21 days, certain things. And some people fast, everybody fasts different things. Some people will fast, well, I'm going to fast cursing. That's not a fast. <laughs> That's walking with Jesus, okay. Another guy says, well, I'm, I'm going to fast pornography. Oh, I'm sure your wife will be very happy that you fast pornography. We're not talking about that. We're talking about fasting food. Not fast food, fasting food. Which means you're not going to eat something and, and because, and people say, well, what does not eating have to do with being spiritual? You have to stop eating to find out. You really do. And I, w- I would bet you, and this is, I'm pretty confident that most of the food we eat is not good for you anyway. It's not nutritionist. It's processed. It's not healthy. It's cancer-causing. Make you diabetic. And so when we fast, we are saying, I am walking away from something that I have perceived to be something I really need to live. It's called an idol. Some people say, I got to have my coffee in the morning. No, you don't. You're addicted to caffeine. Or you just psychologically think you need to have it. If you drink decaf, you just convince yourself without that, you can't function at this level. And you know what God says? But what about me? Why can't I be that thing you have to have in the morning? And so fasting causes you to step away and say, I am giving up the thing that I think my son of promise, the thing that makes me happy, the thing that makes me feel secure. I'm going to step away from that. For some of you, your, your son of promise is your kids. You think your kids, your kids are your sense of identity. You ever go to that little league game and that one parent, Charlie, 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 Charlie going crazy on the ref, going crazy on the coach, and Johnny is four. <laughs> Let it go, homie. I was that parent. I, I, I was that parent. My, my daughter played soccer. My daughter had no concept of athletic, <laughs> competitive, I'm going to take your throat out-ness. She played soccer and, did, and didn't understand the concept of her foot and the ball making any kind of contact. <laughs> so I'm running up and down the aisle, uh, not the aisle, the, uh, the sideline from goal, post goalie to goal, goal to goal, screaming, screaming. And at halftime, they had a parent meeting. <laughs> True story. Brought all the parents in. Well, you know, we got a little pep talk and everybody said, now I'm the only parent. That's running up and down the thing. Everybody else got their little lawn chairs and their little blankets. And I'm like, yeah. And they said, can we all stay with, like, right within these boundaries? And I'm like, yeah, you just messed up my day, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to get a scholarship. No, she didn't even go to college. She didn't want to go to college. I mean, what's your one thing? Probably has something to do with you and having control over something. God wants that. Number two, attach fear to it. 
Now, the fear of God can be looked at two ways. When you give this to God, you could say, God, I'm giving it to you because I'm scared. God doesn't want you to be scared of him. I have awesome respect and reverence for what you are going to do with it. Or, and that's true, and Lord, I am scared what will happen if I handle it my way. We went to Africa 15 years ago. We did a couple of crusades there and then my wife family went on a, on a safari and we stu- we've stayed in a tent in the Maasai Mara out in the jungle. It was so dark, I couldn't see my wife next to me in the bed. I- I'm for real. I was like, it was pitch black. And outside the tent, you could hear, whoa, 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 whoa. Ah. All the same time. Come on out, come on out. We're going to jack you up. We're going to jack you up. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Don't don't be deceived by what you see in a zoo. You know, you see the little little bamboos in a zoo sitting like this? Out in Africa, they're walking around like this. What's up? Get out the car. Come on. I ain't lying. Squirrels in Africa scare you. So I'm, I'm in the tent and I'm like, I'm not going out there without a flashlight and a gun. <laughs> I would be scared to walk out there by myself. You know what the fear of the Lord is? Lord, you've given me this thing. You give me a relationship, you give me a family, you give me a job, you give me talent, you give me money. I am scared to go do this by myself. I'm going to mess it up. You do not have the wisdom of God without God. You just don't. You are not as smart as God. None of us, all of us combined are not as smart as God. And and the fear of God is saying, Lord, you asked me to do this, I trust you, period. It's like, you know, when you're kids, for all of y'all who have kids, if you don't have kids, you'll see this. You'll give them a blanket or a doll and they will chew on that thing for like seven years. It will have snot, drool, tears, puke. And all kind of other stuff, fluids that come out of them when you ain't around, all in that same, and it will just be disintegrated. Same man, if you know what I'm talking about. And they're carrying this, it's like a doll, and it's like dead, right? It's like this. And, and, and they still love it because they think it's alive. And you're like, can you give me that toy? And they don't want to give it to you, but they don't realize behind your back you got a brand new one. Because they don't trust it. They're going to give them something better. You got to say, Lord, here's my son of promise. Here's the thing that I look to to bring happiness into my life, but I, I fear that if I steward this, I'm going to mess it up. So I'm going to surrender it to you. And here's a lot of times God will just give it right back to you. Because really what he wanted was your heart. He's not interested in your thing. You know, God, God he can use your cash down here, but it doesn't, has no value in heaven. What has value in heaven is your heart and your motivation. Number three. After you identify your son of promise and you attach fear to it, walk into God's testimony of blessing and favor. In other words, Lord, I trust that if I surrender to you my heart out of fear that if I hold on to it, I'm going to mess it up. The reason that we have drama in our life is not because of God. It's because of us. And the source 
of strength and wisdom and blessing and favor. Favor is, is when, 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 you know, when someone does you a favor, how about God giving you his favor, his blessing, his approval is, is when, when we say, God, I'm going to do it your way. So in a minute we're going to pray. And here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine your heart in your hand. Because if God can have your heart, he can direct everything else in your life. I want you to imagine your hands are like this. Matter of fact, put your hands like this if you can, right on top of your Bible or whatever you have. I want you to imagine your heart. In a minute I'm going to pray about your heart. Some of you have given your life to Jesus Christ before, but there's part of your heart you've taken back. Like you haven't given him happy hour yet. Okay. Is there anything wrong with happy hour? No. It's just how you do it. You get jiggy on happy hour. You <laughs> be like, you go to church? You know Jesus? Because you just like get wild. You haven't given your wallet to God. You haven't given your cursing to God. You haven't given your, what you watch on your phone at 1 o'clock in the morning to God. That part of your heart. So here's what God says. I don't want that kind of heart. I want, a, I want all of it. So some of you, you've prayed a prayer, but you still keep taking it back. So for some of you, you're going to recommit. God, I'm surrendering my heart back to you. For some of you, you've never given your life to Christ. You believe Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead. You believe you're a sinner. And you want Jesus to forgive you of your sin. So for you, you're going to be giving your heart to God for the first time. One prayer, two people. And so all I want you to do is think about you. Lord, I need to surrender to you my heart because really controlling my heart is my son of promise. That's through which everything is going to happen good for me. It's what I deal. But I, I don't want to do that, make that decision on my own. I want to let you make those decisions. And it's out of fear that I'm going to mess it up. And it's out of my reverence for you, my respect for you, that I'm going to surrender my heart to you. So let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, you tell us to guard our heart, for from it flow the issues of life. Our concerns, our decisions, our fears, our aspirations, our dreams. And if we can surrender it to you out of respect and fear, that if we control our heart, We'll do the wrong thing. The Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know? We don't even know how selfish we are. But we believe that you love us, that you died on the cross for us, rose from the dead. And that if we give our heart to you, you will forgive us. And you will give us back a better heart. A heart of flesh, one that is sensitive to your desires and love. One that responds to your love. So if you would like to give your heart to God, just pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I know you love me. That you died and rose from the dead for me. 
I surrender my heart to you. Out of fear that I will mess it up. Out of fear of my, and my awesome respect for you, I give my heart to you. Jesus, forgive me. Fill me with the Spirit of God. I want to walk in your blessing and your favor, your approval. I want to be a conduit of your wonderful gifts. I want to be a blessing to other people. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand up on all the campuses. God wants to honor you as you honor him. So if you prayed that prayer in all the campuses, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you came with somebody you want them to stand with you, just tap them on the shoulder, grab their hand, whatever it is. And they may, that they may stand and encourage you. So if you prayed that prayer on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you.